Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World with the Carries on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. To participate in the program, call us at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or check in anytime online at RudyMaxa.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at RM World Travel. And now, welcome to America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World with the Carries. You are listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. Nice to have you here. I'm Rudy Maxa. Later this hour, Robert and Mary Carey will join me to answer some of your travel questions. But meanwhile, if Hawaii is someplace you've been thinking about visiting between March 24th of this year and December 4th, check out this deal offered by the Hilton Waikolea Village. Stay a minimum of five days, get a second room plus breakfast free for up to two people per room. Let me repeat that. Stay a minimum of five days and get a second room plus breakfast free for up to two people per room. Here's the catch. You got a book by this Monday, February 22nd, noon Hawaii time. Use the code P, that's P as in Peter, P1, and the deal is yours. There's some blackout dates, but you can talk to the Hilton Waikolea folks about those. Every weekend, we we work work hard to bring you the uh, news about travel you need to know to get you excited about travel, bring you interesting people who travel. You can follow the show at Rudy Max, uh, well, excuse me, RM World Travel on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, RM World Travel, or take a travel poll on the front page of the radio show's new improved website, RudyMaxa.com. Coming up this hour, we're going to meet a man who's measured how much visitors seeking to visit Birmingham, England, where the Beatles began their career, how much money those visitors are worth to that city. I think you'll be surprised by the figure. And national parks aren't just for summer and warm weather. Travel writer Sarah Stewart, who writes for, among other magazines, Travel and Leisure, is going to drop by and suggest a few national parks that show best when seen in the winter. And Rome-based author Katie Perla has some tips on how not to look like a tourist when you dine out in Rome. She says Italians are very precise about restaurant and even cafe customs, and they're not shy about correcting visitors who make a misstep. Don't be that guy. Before we meet our guests, let's take a quick look at some news and travel. Here's a fairly astounding statistic, but certainly a welcome one. In the entire year of 2015, not a single passenger died from a jetliner accident anywhere in the world. Yes, someone did shoot down that Russian passenger jet departing the beach resort town of Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. But if you consider the most common causes, generally, of airline crashes, it's pilot error, aircraft malfunctions, or bad weather. None of those factors caused a single fatality in 2015. In 2014, there were three accidents from those causes that led to fatalities. Six accidents in 2013, zero zip nada in 2015. Keep in mind, last year, there were 37.6 million flights by jets and turboprops. They flew more than 3.5 billion passengers safely worldwide. These numbers are according to the International Air Transport Association. Well, someone on the ground using a laser device took aim at a Virgin Atlantic jet shortly after takeoff from London this week. The flight that was headed to New York had to turn around and land because the laser beam made one of the crew members ill. Lasers have joined drones as the top possible threat to pilots these days. Uh, We're going to learn about some of the national parks ideal for visiting later this hour, as I just mentioned. But the National Park Service says many of the nation's 400 parks need $12 billion to keep up repairs on crumbling buildings, peeling paint, and road maintenance. Yellowstone alone requires uh, about, um, how much? Uh, A huge amount, $603 million to get up to snuff. 
National Park Service says Gateway National Recreation Area in New Jersey and New York needs $731 million to get back to... uh, Back to ground zero, back to as good as it was. Uh, Hawaii became the latest tourist destination to declare a state of emergency due to mosquito-borne illnesses. There are 250 confirmed cases of dengue fever right now um, in Hawaii, according to the governor there. Now, while no incidents of Zika virus, the one that's rampaging through Brazil and uh, other South American and Central American countries, and now some Caribbean islands, no incidents of Zika virus reported yet in Hawaii, but officials there fear it's coming because the same mosquito that carries dengue fever carries the Zika virus. Hawaii uh, says it's stepping up its mosquito control efforts and no travel advisories have been issued, but I wouldn't change any plans if you're headed to uh, Hawaii this season or even this this year. I mean, monitor it, but, uh, you know, this is, don't uh, uh, you know don't go nuts don't sh- don't cancel any trips let's see I had a couple of news items left over from the first hour I want to take a look at that I didn't have time for uh, what do we got here um, yeah listen uh, you know a lot of us know that the U.S. airlines are reporting record profits thanks to uh, uh, large savings related to the drop in fuel prices. Uh, but save, airlines have been pretty stingy about passing that, those savings along to passengers. Well, according to the Department of Transportation, the average round-trip fare for a domestic ticket was 372 bucks in the third quarter of 2015. That's down 4.2% from the same period in 2014. I got a kick out of a uh, couple articles in the Wall Street Journal this week. One was, I know, I know this is really important to so many of us, is... Uh, Etiquette if you're invited to fly on someone's private jet. You know, it's something I've worried about. Actually, I've been lucky enough to fly on a bunch of private jets, but uh, uh, I never really got a lesson in etiquette. Um, In brief, let me tell you, should your best friend win the lottery or, uh, you know, invent something spectacular and invite you to come aboard his or her private jet, um, it's always wise to arrive 30 minutes before departure and make sure you have the required ID. Yes, the check is not as uh, strenuous as it is as if you're flying on a commercial jet, but you might be asked to show your uh, passport or your driver's license. Pack as little as possible. Private jets have limited luggage space. Of course, those are the smaller ones, and you and I wouldn't have any friends who would only have smaller private jets. Only Our guys have big jets, don't they? Dress well, because you're representing your host. Suit and tie wouldn't be out of place for a man, but, you know, you can, if it's going down to... A resort destination, open shirt, sport coat wouldn't hurt. This is important. After you board, let your host choose a seat before sitting down. In other words, do not take the master of the house's seat. And tip $50 to $100 per crew member. Wait a minute. (laughs) It's not a free flight anymore. Actually, $50 to $100 isn't bad. And don't bring your own food unless your host has suggested you do that. Very important things to know. And if you happen to have uh, access to the Wall Street Journal this weekend, their weekend edition, it's only one put out on Saturday and Sunday, there's a great cover story in the uh, adventure, uh, in, in the last section, the D section, about the growing increase of guys taking trips together. Yeah, bromances or bro trips, I guess. Um, now, I got to tell you, the trips they suggest here are really high end. Um, you know, they take over an entire lodge in Crested Butte, you know, for $110,000 for a week or something. Or they go hella skiing somewhere in uh, um, Alaska. Or there's a, well, not all that trip. Here's one, a signature coast-to-coast mountain biking itinerary, 350 brutal kilometers in Scotland for about $1,880 per person. Anyway, it's, it's a, uh, this, this piece is a pay-on to the 
to the joy of traveling with guys traveling with other guys. And uh, the couple of wives are quoted as saying, eh, it's good for the husband to get him out there, hang out. I get a little vacation, too. I get to catch up with all of my friends. And there's a sidebar on uh, male bonding through the ages, beginning with uh, ancient Greece when garland-wearing aristocrats uh, met in lounges to talk politics over lengthy meals and games of skill and live musical performances uh, were part of it. That's back in 384, 322 B.C. They have travel agents back then? I don't know. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to take a look at how much tourism is helping Birmingham, England, birthplace of that group called The Beatles. We have an expert who's actually quantified it. Don't go away. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or check in anytime at rudymaxa.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day. You get stuck writing huge checks and signing long-term contracts with no way out. It can cost you thousands, but there's a better way to protect your home. SimplySafeRudy.com Home Security. SimplySafeRudy.com has no contracts, and you'll get award-winning 24-7 protection for just $14.99 per month. Go to SimplySafeRudy.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25. You can also visit the all-new RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors. Why does the red carpet get all the attention? Sure, it could use a good holiday post-cleaning, but nothing refreshes or revives the look of your home like new blinds, shades, or shutters from SelectBlinds.com, the simple and smart way to get blinds. They walk you through how to measure, select, and even install your new blinds. They offer the same quality as any in-home sales company or design studio for a fraction of the cost. Shop today and get free product samples from SelectBlinds.com. That's SelectBlinds.com or go to the all-new RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. When you use public Wi-Fi, shop online, or give out your social security number, you leave a trail of digital breadcrumbs. Thieves can use this information to steal your identity. LifeLock can detect signs that someone picked up your breadcrumbs to take what's yours. They have a resolution staff to help fix messy identity fraud problems. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Plans start at $9.99 a month plus applicable sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com and get 10% off with the promo code RUDY, R-U-D-Y, or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors. Are you a subscriber of emails.com yet? Emails can help you save money, spend more time with your family, and simplify your life. It lets mom be a hero by providing doable, family-friendly recipes that are healthy, homemade meals the family will love. They've even got a team of expert recipe developers who personally craft all the meal plans. Plans include low-calorie, paleo, vegetarian, low-carb, and many more. Try it for free for two weeks and switch plans as often as you like. Go to emails.com, that's E-M-E-A-L-S, or rudymaxa.com under sponsors. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025 or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to America's number one travel radio show. This portion of the show is sponsored by MyPillow.com, who asks, how's your sleep lately? Well, if you're sleeping on a MyPillow, I can tell you, I can probably guess. You probably tried a lot of pillows in hotels, planes at home, staying at friends, trying to get it comfortable, shifting around at all hours of the night. As you've heard us talk about, we're loving my pillows, and there really is something special about them. We'd like you to know about them because we're certainly sleeping better. Each my pillow is made in America with all American materials. They can be washed and dried. Best of all, they come with a 60-day guarantee to provide the best sleep of your life. And in addition to regular bed pillows. 
MyPillow.com offers terrific travel pillows, too, easy to pack, take with you. Right now, listeners of the show can get a buy one, get one free offer. MyPillows come with a 10-year warranty not to go flat and contain a patented interlocking fill that adjusts to your individual sleep needs. Just return them for a full refund if you don't find them the most comfortable pillows you've ever slept on. So to get the pillow that carries and I have, go to MyPillow.com, enter the promo code Rudy, and get a buy one, get one free special. Risk-free, 800-775-1983 or MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code Rudy or check at RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. We've talked in the past on the show about how movies can influence people visiting places. Uh, Downton Abbey, for example. Uh, the series leads a lot of people to the, I think it's Leclerc Castle in, uh, in London. Um, the movies that are called the Twilight series lead a lot of people to the state of Washington, to Oregon. But what about musicians? Well, what about the Beatles? Obviously, people go visit the Abbey Road studio in London. But a recent study found that the fact that the Beatles began in the northern city of Liverpool in England may account for about $115 million in tourism each year. And the man who conducted that study joins me now. His name is Simeon Yates. He is a, he's a professor and director of the Institute of Cultural Capital Pool in Liverpool. Simeon, welcome to the show. Nice to have you aboard. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the Institute of Cultural Capital. That's an intriguing name. What does the Institute of Cultural Capital do? Well, in 2008, um, Liverpool was the European capital of culture, which is a kind of big celebration of a city's cultural activities. And kind of Liverpool did it big. And as part of that, they did one of the first big academic studies of it. So the Institute's come out of that, and our focus really is in what's the value of doing cultural activities, often large-scale cultural activities in cities, the economic value, the community value, the value for jobs, for city branding, those kind of issues. So do you do that work for other cities as well as Liverpool? We do, yes. And we've done a lot of work um, for the European Parliament looking at programs across Europe. Um, but we also do quite a lot of small-scale stuff around, say, community arts or about the relationship between arts organizations and other areas of the public life like health and so on. So it's across cities and across topics. So what prompted the Institute to take a look or t- try to take a measurement of the impact on tourism dollars by the fact that the Beatles began there? We were asked to do it by the city. Part of the job of the Institute is to work with the city on some of these issues. So the mayor of the city um, commissioned us to do this work um, because there's a lot of kind of various different dates are coming up around copyright on Beatles issues, around transformations in aspects of Liverpool's cultural life and so on. And they thought it was important to get a, a baseline of what the value of the Beatles was when they're planning the kind of future investments. And I mentioned in introducing you that you came up with the figure 115, is it 115 million dollars or 115 million pounds? million pounds, so I guess it's 150-something million dollars. About that, right. And how do you measure something like this? Obviously, if there's a museum, you can count the tickets at the door, but you're looking, I presume, across the entire city at hotels, restaurants? Yes, and we, we tried to be as accurate and as we could be. I mean, part of the reason the city asked the universities to do it was that we would kind of take an academic take on this. Um, We've been probably been quite conservative as well in that if we couldn't get hard data, we didn't really include it. So we interviewed all of the big businesses in um, Liverpool that run Beatles tourism or Beatles-related activities such as the Cavern or 
the Beatles Experience Museum and so on. Um, and very helpfully, they provided us with lots of economic data. We also looked at some regional economic data. We looked at hotels and interviewed some of the key hotels, especially the Beatles-themed ones. Um, and there are some standard economic measures which the economic team use to kind of calculate the impact of various different aspects of the visitor economy. So we kind of added all of those up. And the figure you've got there is all of those added up. And then we've taken off what we think a city like Liverpool would do anyway through some standard measures. So this is the extra benefit. That's the extra benefit of having the Beatles in Liverpool. And you mentioned something called the cabin. What is that? The cabin is the club where... Oh, oh the um, cavern. The Sorry. The cabin, yes. Right, the, the cavern the club, club, where the of Beatles course. Where the originally played. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, my guest is, uh, if you've just tuned in, my guest is Simeon Yates. He is a professor and director of the Institute of Cultural Capital in Liverpool in the United Kingdom. And the city asked his institute to try to measure the impact in tourism dollars that accrues to the city because of the fact that the Beatles began there in what uh, we remember as the Cavern Club, where they played in their very youthful days. Um, Simeon, has this, is this presaging a larger push in Liverpool to promote the Beatles, or has that been something that's been been in existence for a long time or has been muscling up the last few years? Well, the, the actual research we've done seems to imply that the Beatles economy in Liverpool is growing and that there are lots of new markets, whether it's Brazil or China and so on internationally, um, and also a changing demographic, younger people, etc., are still getting into the Beatles and still interested and so on. Um, so what the city now wants to do is put a proper strategy together to manage the resources across the city. There are many physical locations across the city that the Beatles are famous for, Strawberry Field, um, the streets around the Cavern Club and so on. And these are actually general public spaces in, in, in Liverpool. And there's a, a look to try and work across all the different organisations that have a role in those spaces to ensure that Liverpool's providing the best possible, the most authentic experience for visitors. I have not been to Liverpool. Well, I have been to Liverpool, but I didn't focus at all on the Beatles. What is Strawberry Fields? Um, there's a famous song by um, uh, sure. John Lennon, um, and that was basically a place he used to play. Um, the rumour is essentially sneaked over the wall. It was a, a children's home with a large amount of land around it, owned by the Salvation Army. Um, it still remains there. Um, the famous gates are there, and many people come and visit and stand by the gates, but the actual physical space has not been accessible to the public for quite a while. And the Salvation Army in Liverpool is looking to redevelop that as both uh, an opportunity again around the care of children and so on, but also to have other heritage aspects to reflect the history it's now got in the city. I think that's an excellent idea if I added the Salvation Army there. Did you do a breakdown or do you have a breakdown generally of what the... Or who are the most popular visitors from what countries that come um, there for Beatle, for Beatle purposes? It depends what you mean by coming for Beatles purposes. This is one of the things we have to grapple with because, of course, there are other kind of very dedicated fans for whom this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience to come there. And they come from all over the world. Um, very recently, some of the growing markets are China and Brazil. Um, but, I mean, they come from everywhere. But Liverpool has an awful lot of visitors from the USA, from Germany and so on, who come for a whole variety of, of reasons, one of which is the Beatles. So one of the things we've said in the report is that the, the council needs to be aware that there are different types of Beatles visitors. There's the ones who are coming purely for a Beatles experience. Others are coming to visit famous parts of the UK. And Liverpool has many other heritage things. It has 
the Albert Docks, which is a UNESCO um, heritage site, um, you know, Victorian docks. It has quite a number of large national UK museums, the largest collection of UK museums outside of London. And, of course, there's football, you know, with both... (laughs) Uh, Liverpool and Everton, and people come for both. You know, they come for football, they come for the Beatles, they come for. So one of the things which kind of said in the report, we need, you know, the city needs to think carefully for the future, the different types of tourists, and maybe to make some connections. You know, if people are coming for the Beatles, well, the Beatles got their music from what was going on in the docks. The docks are tied to the slavery histories in uh, Liverpool. Um, even I believe the last act of the American Civil War took place in Liverpool, where a ship surrendered. Um, so there's all these bits of history that maybe through the Beatles you can connect to in Liverpool. We only have about 30 seconds uh, left, Professor, but I, I do presume there are ongoing or have been for years, quote, Beatle tours, whether official or not, right? Oh, there, there are many. Um, there are a number of different ones um, based out of different organizations. The Cavern runs a very well-renowned Beatles tour. Um, there are a number of taxi firms that run kind of Beatles tours based in nice kind of British black taxis. Um, the National Trust owns John Lennon and Paul McCartney's childhood homes, which are run as kind of museums of 1950s Liverpool homes, as well as being Beatles things. And they themselves run tours around those things. So there are many different types of ways to travel around the Beatles well, spaces in Liverpool. Well, it's a fascinating study. I appreciate your joining me. Simeon Yates is the professor and director of the Institute of Cultural Capital in Liverpool in the United Kingdom. Thank you, Simeon. Thank you very much. Cheers. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World Join after this break. Rudy Max's World with the Carries by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. We'll be right back. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Savvy travelers know that there are river cruises, and then there are river cruises aboard the award-winning Emerald Waterways. You've heard Rudy, Mary, and me talking about Emerald for some time now. They offer excellent value and amenities not found with the competition. Their ships have onboard pools and cinemas, an innovative open-air system in all cabins on the Vista and Horizon decks, all gratuities shore excursions, Wi-Fi, beer and wine, port charges. They're all included. Order your free brochure today at emeraldwaterways.com or rudymaxa.com under sponsors. lines are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com welcome back to rudy max's world with the carries where it's 33 minutes after the hour this portion is sponsored by selectblinds.com nothing revives and refreshes the look of your home or office quite like new blind shades or shutters from selectblinds.com selectblinds.com excuse me selectblinds.com is simple 
And the smart way to get blind. Simple because they walk you through how to measure, select, and even install your new blinds. Smart because they offer the same quality as any in-home sales company or design studio for a fraction of the cost. And cordless versions of anything you want at no additional charge. They'll even send you free product samples so you can check out materials and colors right there in your home or office. Worried about installing your new blinds? You don't have to be. The fact is, if you can hang a picture, you can hang blinds. So what do you say? Ready to make the whole place look new for the new year? Shop today and get your free product samples from selectblinds.com. That's selectblinds.com. Or you can link at the new rudymax.com website by looking under sponsors. Be sure to let them know you heard about it on Rudy Max's World with the Carries, won't you? Big help to us. All right. Well, you know, I think a lot of us, including me, tend to think of visiting national parks during the summer, or at least during uh, uh, mild weather. But Sarah Stewart, who's a freelance writer for magazines, including Travel and Leisure, Outside and Backpacker. She's also, by the way, an adjunct faculty member at the University of Florida, where she teaches about magazine and feature writing. I wrote wrote a recent piece for Travel and Leisure about great national parks to visit when it's now. Winter. Sarah, welcome to the show. I was surprised that uh, only, uh, well, most of the the parks were were not in Florida or California, only one in each. (laughs) That's right. Well, thanks for having me, Rudy. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. You know, people often think of of summertime in the national parks as the best time to visit, but but really winter is a great time to experience some of our busiest national parks without all the crowds that we're used to in the summertime. That's true. Fewer crowds, and uh, there's some beautiful pictures. Um, you, know, I, you know, we only have five minutes for this segment. It's always too short, but uh, tick off a couple of the of the winter ones. Not uh, well, Let me do this. You talk about Everglades National Park in Florida, which, of course, would be mild weather now. And in California, you uh, mentioned Sequoia and Kings Canyon Park in California. But let's go to the winter ones, the one where there's snow right now. Right. So Yellowstone is a great example. So that's one of our busiest national parks that had about 4.1 million visitors last year. But, you know, in the wintertime, um, typically only maybe 20 or 30,000 people visit per month. Wow. And when you compare that to, yeah, so compare that to July when, when we see about a million visitors per month in the park. So you can just imagine what it's like to experience a place like Yellowstone with about 50 times fewer visitors around you at each of, you know, all the spectacular geysers and, and, and wildlife watching areas. Sure. And you have a couple more with snow in pictures in the pictures that I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado is kind of a great one. It's a little more off the radar, but um, the neat thing about Black Canyon is it's actually free in the wintertime. And that's kind of a secret. A lot of these um, winter national parks, it's not worth their time to provide the staff in order to collect fees. So, um, so they actually waive the entrance fees during the wintertime. So did, a lot of the cold weather national parks. Did you say Bryce Canyon? No, I'm sorry, Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Ah, no, I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah, that, a lot of people don't, actually. It's one of our least visited national parks. Um, but, you know, Bryce Canyon is another great example. Um, the the red rocks of, of the canyon are really beautifully accentuated by the snowfall in the wintertime. Um, and there's even snowshoe hikes that you can do in the full moon uh, with the ranger this time of year. And you, uh, even, you've even, way up in freezing Maine, you've got Acadia National Park, which is sort of a wide-open park, isn't it? Right. Well, Acadia National Park, what's interesting, it's right, um, of course, up on the Atlantic coast. So a lot of times you'll get the ocean spray, um, which in the wintertime, um, the ocean still, you know, obviously doesn't freeze. Um, but the spray will freeze onto the cliffs and to the formations along the coastline. So you get these really interesting ice formations, um, as well as, you know, great cross-country skiing and great snowshoeing for um for yeah, I, I want to underline that path, that that what you just said that you can actually go and cross country ski and snowshoe through Acadia National Park, and I don't think that's common in many national parks, is it? 
Right. Well, you know, in the wintertime, um, obviously, you know, in the, in the summertime, of course not, but wintertime, a lot of these national parks, that's sort of the, um, the best way to see them is, is by snowshoe or um, by cross-country ski because, you know, a lot of times the park roads may be closed, but those same park roads can be explored on foot and, and you really get a different experience of, of the wilderness and the solitude of the park. Well, have you been to all these parks? Um, I have been to most of these parks, but I've got to say I'm guilty, guilty just like you, of, of visiting mostly in the summertime. You know, that was kind of the inspiration for this story was thinking about, you know, what must these places look like in the wintertime. Um, and obviously, they're just dramatically transformed by, by the winter season. Right. And you had one that was in, uh, was it in New Mexico or Arizona? Um, Arizona, yes. Saguaro National Park. Um, named, after the, Southern- named after the famous... Um, uh, cacti, cactus. The cacti, yeah, yeah. The, the cacti can get um, 45 feet tall and live over 200 years. And again, that's kind of more in the Everglades example of, of a park that is just far more comfortable to visit this time of year. And so that's um, actually high season in these warm weather parks um, is the winter time when, you know, it's about 65 degrees on average there at this time of year. And you can imagine um, how much more comfortable it is to be there. I can now tell you it's would... 88 degrees there, has been for the last 15 days because I was just there. But what I learned while I was <laughs> out there, we did a remote from Scottsdale um, uh, last weekend, and I learned that that is the only place that those saguaro uh, cacti grow. It's the most fertile desert apparently in the world, which I did not yeah, know. Yeah, the Sonoran Desert, right? It's um, They're endemic to that, to that particular region, and um, you know that's a big part of why it's so important that the national parks protect them. Sarah Stewart is a freelance writer. You'll find a link at my Facebook fan page, uh, Rudy Maxa, Travel and Leisure, to her article. Thank you, Sarah, so much for stopping by. No, thank you. And when we come back, Robert and Mary are going to join me. We're going to answer some of your email questions. Don't touch that dot. Rudy Maxa's World with the Carries. Phone lines are open 24-7 at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. We're back after these messages. Have you tried a MyPillow yet? If not, we suggest you do. You've heard us talking about MyPillows for some time now, and there really is something special about them. They come with five different fill levels, so they're customized to the individual. They're the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation and come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Right now, they're offering a special deal for our listeners of a buy one, get one free offer on their premium pillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use promo code RUDY or go to RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? (sighs) Yep. Feel like racing? (laughs) Hey, wait. (laughs) This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. Uber's a smartphone app that helps you make extra money just for driving your own car. And because it's totally flexible, you don't have to quit your day job to make more money. Because, well, Uber lets you make extra money on your schedule. Yeah, plus, the more you drive, the more you earn. There are three simple steps to start making money. First, go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free on your phone. Second, Answer a few basic questions about you and your car, and then get approved. And third, start driving. Now, whenever you need more money, just turn on the app and drive. Pick people up, drop them off, and get paid in fares. 
every single week. Sign up today at drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. I wish I could fall asleep. Jennifer had a stressful day, and now her mind is spinning at bedtime. I have a big day tomorrow. It's time for Unisom Sleep Minis. The tiny capsules are non-habit forming and work fast. They're the little help busy people need to get a good night's sleep and wake recharged. <sighs> good night. Unisom Sleep Minis. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. To get a good night's sleep, you need a great mattress. So get a Casper mattress. Named one of the best inventions of 2015 by Time Magazine, Casper is a single perfect mattress for all sleepers. It's engineered for supportive comfort that guarantees you a great night's sleep. Try it in your home for 100 nights risk-free. And if you don't like it, Casper will come pick up a mattress and completely refund you. Go to Casper.com and use promo code Rudy for $50 towards the purchase of a mattress or visit RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Terms and conditions apply. Get out the map, get out the map and lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call anytime at 800 387 8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world with the carries. And it is 43 past the hour. We hope you're enjoying the weekend. Thanks for spending part of it with Rudy, Mary, and me. This segment of the program is sponsored by emails.com. Are you, are you a subscriber of emails.com yet? What's nice about emails is you'll save money, spend more time with your family, and simplify your life. Emails.com helps mom be a hero by providing doable, family-friendly recipes everyone will love. Trust the experts and let emails.com do the heavy lifting by planning your meals and organizing your grocery list. Each week, you'll receive delicious new recipes with a matching grocery list in your inbox or free mobile app. They offer over 50 plan options, including low-calorie, paleo, low-carb, Mediterranean, gluten-free, kid-friendly, the list goes on. You can switch between plans as often as you'd like at no additional charge. Just go to emails.com to get your free two-week trial. That's E-M-E-A-L-S.com. Or you can go to the all-new RudyMaxa.com and find them under sponsors. So one of the things we enjoy uh, is interacting with you, getting your emails. Uh, we appreciate you sending them in to us. You can just go to RudyMaxa.com. It's pretty simple to do. Just click on Contact Us, fill out the form. Uh, so I know Mary and Rudy, two weeks ago we did some emails. Last week with the show coming from Scottsdale, we decided not to do an email segment. But we keep getting them, so um, how about we answer some emails for folks, okay? Perfect. Sounds All right. good. I'm All right, first, first up, we have John in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, he listens on WDUN-AM. Uh, thank you, John. He's asking, I'm airfare shopping for an upcoming trip to Los Angeles. I've heard that if you wait until after midnight on Tuesday, I can score <laughs> the best deals. I'm not sure if that's true or not, is it? Well... And, I, I would just say, I'm sorry, Rudy. Go, go, ahead, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to just say, uh, I, I believe, because you talk about this all the time, it has less to do about when you buy the ticket and more to do when you fly, right? Exactly. I mean, it's cheaper, you know, it's a lot more expensive to fly on Friday night when everybody was coming home from business or Monday morning when they're flying somewhere. So it's cheaper to fly Saturday morning generally or in the middle of the week. But the, there is no one perfect answer to this. And, you know, many travel sites have run billions of airfares through and, 
And, and they've come down to this, that for domestic flights, you're probably going to get the cheapest price about three weeks ahead. But the, the, don't worry. Don't stress out over this, because between... Th- did I say three weeks? I mean three months. I'm sorry. But between three months and a month, or, or three weeks ahead, the prices might vary by $17 per ticket. It's not a huge swing. No, it's not. Um, so, and for international tickets, you know, you might want to buy a little further in advance if you're going during high season. But don't stress over this. The most important thing about buying a ticket is when you see a good price, purchase it. Right. We all, you know, we all feel we have to check it with everybody in our office and all our families. You know, we go back a day later and the fare is not there. If you see something that looks like a good price, you've comparison shopped a couple sites, the airline sites, whatever, right. Right. grab Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I'll just jump in here quickly and add that there's a new app called Hopper. Uh, that people love, and it was just rated, Apple rated it one of the best apps for 2015. It was the only travel app to make the cut. Um, so so check out it gives you real-time yeah. info on flights. All right, so next we have uh, Barry Nelson, and I know last hour we were talking a little bit about Cuba, so this will come in handy. Uh, Barry does not say where he listens to us, but I see the number. It's got a 949 area code, so that's got to be the Orange County area of California. Maybe KVTA, our affiliate, or TuneIn channel. So, Barry, thank you. Uh, Barry's asking this. What's the best info for flights to Havana uh, from Mexico? We want to go in March with bicycles. Uh, well, Barry, I'll just say I know the president's going to announce he's going in March, so you may want to check <laughs> so, so you're not complicated by that. But, Mary, Rudy, you want to jump in on this? Uh, well, I'll start with bikes real quickly. Uh, if you are flying, it's, first of all, it's a good idea to take your bikes with you as you're not going to find really any bike rental shops in Cuba as of right now. Um, it can be a little expensive. Be prepared to pay an additional fee. However, uh, Interjet may be one of your choices out of Mexico. And they're pretty flexible. Uh, They do consider bike luggage. Just make sure it's in a box or a bag. Or you can take a cheap bike and leave it behind and donate it to somebody in Cuba and make someone's day. That's That's another option. And real quick, uh, we have a good resource for you, iBike.org is a great community uh, for bikers who travel and take their bikes all over I-bike. the world. iBike.org. Rudy, what do you think? Well, just for airlines, just go to Mexico City to Havana, and you'll find out what airlines fly on any on any website that searches for flights. Um, but uh, I, I love the idea of, of taking an older bike there and leaving it. And, and Mary, yeah. you said that uh, Melissa, our producer, uh, did mm-hmm. some research on that and find out that's a sort of, of a common it's thing. Kind of a I, thing. I think that's yeah. brilliant. Because bikes are really still considered a luxury in Cuba, so kids would love to have them, adults, so yeah. And you only pay for a one-way, one-way right. transport of it. Right. Very interesting. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a great way to, to zip around Havana. Just keep in mind, you mentioned the president going, though, Bob. I mean, there just aren't many hotel rooms. Make sure you have lodging. Yeah. Don't just go flying. Hope to find it when you get there. If you don't know your way around. Absolutely. Coming up next, coming up next, coming up next, let's go to Rome and talk about food of Rome and etiquette in Rome. How not to look like a tourist when you're stopping in a cafe for a cup of coffee. Because there's only certain coffees you should have at certain times there. We'll be right back. To join Rudy, Robert, and Mary, call 800-387-8025. Or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at RM World Travel. We're coming right back. Robert and Mary call anytime at 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook or Instagram at RM World Travel. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. 
sponsored by another new sponsor called Outdoor Hands. We're proud to be associated with Outdoor Hands. This is a true American success, success story. If you're suffering from dry or cracked skin, be sure to stock up on Outdoor Hands Skin Therapy Cream. They offer other products, too, including Outdoor Hands Pain Therapy Cream that contains capsicum, Outdoor Hands Little Puckers Lip Therapy and a refreshing mint flavor, Pharmacist Formulated in Augusta, Georgia, all made in the USA. These Outdoor Hands products are second to none. The original Outdoor Hands Skin Therapy works on hands, feet, heels, lips, anywhere you have cracked or dry skin. Not greasy, quickly absorbs, penetrating deeply to rehydrate. Look for outdoor products and yellow and green tubes at most Walgreens, tractor supply stores, Ace Hardware, Bed Bath & Beyond, and more at Outdoor Hands or under sponsors at Rudy Max's World. What is it about Italy and Rome in particular that so fascinates Americans? From under the Tuscan sun to Italian restaurants, most of us love that country even if we haven't visited it. Two authors of a new book did visit. In fact, they live there. One is a New Jersey native named Katie Parla. She went to Rome 14 years ago to study art history, but was captivated by the food and earned a master's degree in Italian gastronomic girl culture, gastronomic culture at a local university. Christina Gill went to Florence and Bologna as a college student, but moved to Rome in 99 for work. Both became food and beverage journalists, and their new book will take you to Rome, at least in your mind, should you follow its recipes. The book is called Tasting Rome, Fresh Flavors and Forgotten Recipes from an Ancient City, and it's a gorgeous book with lavish photos, easy-to-follow recipes, and an introduction from none other than himself, Mario Batali. Co-author Katie Parla joins me from her home in Rome via uh, telephone. Now, Katie, why didn't I think to major in Italian gastronomic culture at Ohio University? I mean, I wish that I had even thought about it in college, but I had to wait until my <laughs> master's to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Until recently, like this wasn't an actual academic discipline with lots of degrees, and now the sort of food culture studies uh, sector is growing. So why not? You can do it now. Well, this. How long did it take to put together this book? I mean, the, and who took the, these fabulous photographs? Uh, Christina Gill is the book's photographer, and over the course of a year, she shot Rome's um, seasonal foods and recipes. Um, and I think when all said and done. We worked on it for about two years altogether between like the recipes and sort of pulling it all together. I'm flipping through this book, and I don't need to make the recipes to feel hungry. All I have to do is look at the photographs. But I am impressed, as someone who is not a master chef, um, at what looks like many recipes that even an idiot bachelor like I am can, can, can follow. I mean, they're super simple. Roman food is not complicated. We don't have a culture of like molecular gastronomy. So you can even cook in you know, the States or wherever you happen to live in the Roman spirit if you just get some really nice ingredients and sort of treat them with, with care and thought. All right, let's talk a little, since this is a travel show, about how an American visits Italy, or at least Rome, because customs I know are different in different regions, and either goes to restaurants or, or, or what are the differences between restaurants and uh, trattorias and cafes, and what are some of the etiquette and protocol rules involving everything from drinking a cappuccino or espresso to eating in Rome? <laughs> There's so many rules. <laughs> um, and they're not all enforced at every place, so you sort of have to learn to take social cues. At some cafes, it's totally acceptable to get a cappuccino um, after 11 a.m., and in others, they will flat out refuse and tell you that they do not have any milk in stock. Because um, when are you supposed so, to drink I mean, a cappuccino if not before <laughs> or, or after 11 a.m.? Yeah, I mean, so in, in Rome, like in some places, they just insist that you only have cappuccino before 11, and no, actually zero restaurants will serve you any, like, dairy-based hot drinks um, after your meal. 
Interesting. Um, but Romans actually have no problem telling you it when you're breaking their rules. So uh, that's one way to, to figure out if you're doing uh, if you're doing things right or wrong. And do um, I recall directly I mean, that if you of, if you go in and get an espresso in the morning or a cappuccino and you stand up at the bar, it's less expensive than if you sit down two feet away at a table. Exactly. I mean, Roman breakfast is something that's super quick on the fly. It takes you know no more than a few minutes. Usually costs about two euros altogether, and people just go out for a coffee and a pastry, eat it quick. Um, and then sort of refuel with coffee throughout the day. And what are the different gradations of restaurants? So traditionally, the ristorante was the place where you would go for a really formal meal, whereas the trattoria was your more sort of everyday cuisine destination. Those lines have been blurred a little bit. Um, and so I would say, like, generally, the places that you'll encounter in Rome, whether the trattorias or ristorante will have, you know, tablecloths, linens, um, glasses for wine that are separate from your water glasses, whereas... You know, maybe decades ago, things were a bit more rustic. Um, and now you have a huge range of uh, sort of Italian or in Rome, Roman-style fast food places that focus on pizza by the slice, um, fried rice balls, all sorts of croquettes, things that are delicious um, and really affordable and allow you to sort of graze through the city to taste lots of Roman flavors without sitting down to a long, expensive meal. And Americans are always worried about tipping. What's the protocol these days? I mean, technically, you never have to tip. I know that's sort of tough. It was a tough habit for me to break. But I always recommend tip what you feel at a restaurant if the service was amazing. You know, you can leave a few euros per person. Um, If you're at a pizzeria, a euro per person is fine. If the owner of the establishment is waiting on you, um, you don't need to leave anything at all. Um, Excellent. And so just use your your judgment and observe what other people are doing. I mean, Rome is definitely a place where there are lots of... Um, cultural traditions associated with food. And if you want to learn how Romans do it, just watch them. Katie Parler is the co-author with Christina Gill, the photographer of an handsome book called Tasting Rome, Fresh Flowers and Forgotten Recipes from an Ancient City. You can find details at Katie Parla. That's K-A-T-I-E, Parla, P-A-R-L-A, katieparla.com. Coming to the end of the hour, I want to thank Jeff Ryder, my engineer, Melissa Hunter, our associate producer, and Janet Deosavita-McDonald. is the show. listening to Rudy Max's World with the Carries, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.